Welcome to the State of Business with the Ohio Society of CPAs. I'm Jessica Salerno, Senior Content Manager at OSCPA, and this is the show where we bring you the latest news impacting the business and accounting world from top experts. While team building activities are a widely accepted part of any organization's culture, finding ways to become a stronger team by working with horses is a bit more unusual. Celia King is the lead consultant at Aaron McSwain, a Canton, Ohio-based consultancy that helps businesses and individuals with leadership and team building. In addition to private sessions, Celia offers professionals an opportunity to work with horses to gain a new perspective on how they can grow. The sessions with horses have been part of Celia's business for about five years now, and she said it started after hearing from a friend about an agency that does equine-assisted therapy. Celia saw an overlap for the work she was already doing with what horses could teach professionals and said the unique environment can lead to progress that clients might not have seen in a more traditional setting. Celia and I discussed the benefits of working with horses when it comes to leadership and team building, how the accountants she's worked with have grown from these experiences and much more. We started off with Celia telling me about how horses respond to leadership. Here's what she had to say. The thing about working with horses is that they're herd animals. Like everything about them is ultimately about team. I mean, they don't think about this stuff. They're horses, they have horses for brains. They're not trying to teach us things. They're just being themselves. Um, And a thing happens to somebody when they're around a horse. You have to, you have to figure out, that horse is trying to figure out where you fit in the herd dynamic. Are you the leader or not? Mm-hmm. And so you can teach some horsemanship skills. Like if a horse leans its head in, we kind of want to think it's cuddling. It's not. A horse is trying to get you to move your feet away. Because if you move your feet away, then the horse says, oh, I'm the leader here. Mm-hmm. But if you don't move and you get the other the horse to move, like, oh, you're the leader. And it, there's nothing at stake for them. It's not that they have an emotional um, weight in it. But it, it matters what you do and your ability to, to engage in that. I did not grow up with horses. I'm, I, I would not say that I'm a horse person. Well, I am now, but um, I partner with Pegasus Farm, which here in Stark County is a really well-known therapeutic riding facility. Okay. But they have a second property where they work with veterans. And, and that's where I do my work. So we have a herd of six horses and I have an equine professional on site at all times. And then we co-facilitate these sessions. Okay. So their job is to work with the horse, to teach the horsemanship skills, Um, My job is to help the client connect what happens in the arena to what happens in the boardroom when they get back. How do they kind of react to especially the element of horses? Um, It depends on how the leader has presented it. So that's another reason I would always, when I'm working with a group, like to have the leader out to have their own session and have a chance for them to work through the things. Because the the first emotion people have when they get out there is, is fear. I mean, this is a large... It's a large animal. What do I do? How do I act? What are you going to see about me? It's an intimidating thing. Right. So getting the leader to sort through that for themselves helps them explain to people. These are the activities we'll do. We'll groom a horse. You'll learn to lead a horse. And then we'll do some exercises. Um, when you're working with groups, and you know this about any, any team building experiential education element, it's always a matter of finding that sweet spot you know, the outdoor ed talks about the uh, green light, yellow light, red light piece. Mm-hmm. You can't learn anything in the green space. You can't learn anything in the red space if you're too freaked out. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to find that. I want to make you just uncomfortable enough to pay attention, mm-hmm. uh, but but I don't want to freak you out. Right. So 
we um, that's what we're gauging all the time in that process. Like, are there any areas that you're seeing kind of come up regularly, like that they kind of need guidance on? Um, seems common in the in the profession. Yeah, I you know one of the the great things about people who study accounting is their love for structure and order and their ability to create it. Um, I mean, how many times does somebody show up with, wow, here's this stuff. They're like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, let's, let's bring it to order. Right, and that's, right. um, it's really a great skill and a great gift in a leadership role, but it can also be frustrating. So, so much of what happens when you're working with people, if you're super focused on structure can feel like chaos. Mm -hmm. And so we can help them understand some logical systems at work and then help them figure out what to do when that logic gets stepped out of. Um, and how do they manage themselves in that process? Um, another thing that I, I see a lot is this, this whole thing where hairdressers, bartenders, accountants, and attorneys, like they, they end up in people's stuff. I mean, that's, it's heavy sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like some accountants uh, just sort of dismiss it and like, well, I'll just ignore that. And I'm going to, you know, take care of this paperwork. Um, and others really have this tremendous weight. And the truth mm -hmm. is we, we need both of those. Just pretending it's not there isn't all that helpful for people. Mm -hmm. um, but taking it all on is, isn't, isn't great either. So I see that a lot. Um, oh, a thing we're really working on in many conversations as I, as I work with people in this arena right now is this love of structure. Um, while there is so much, and I, you know, this isn't my profession, so I can't, can't speak to the details of it, but what it means to have things changing on you so quickly. So as decisions mm -hmm. get made in a political sphere um, and your clients call you up and say, hey, what about this? And you're on the other end of it as a CPA. And the honest answer is, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And so how, how do you say, I don't know, without feeling your competence is being questioned? Right. Um, which it isn't. I mean, you I don't, I, the client's not questioning your competence. The client's trying to figure out what they're supposed to be doing, you know, in their particular situation. But those, those issues of, um, of like, am I doing this right? Is, is this working okay? Uh, those, those can be significant. And I'm, I'm curious, how then do like the horses come into play? Like you mentioned uh, repeatedly, you know, structure um kind of trying to to navigate things when some of it's out of your control how does that then work with the horses in fact this this was a cpa he came out he came out and did a few equine sessions with us and he's the kind of guy who like oh my client's got a problem boom i'm on it i'll help i'll help i'm, I'm right there i'm right there i'm right there Mm -hmm. so he's working with a horse and um, he's leading the horse and when you do you have any experience with horses jessica um, I rode one in Girl Scouts many years ago, but that's about it. <laughs> okay. So if you're leading a horse and you have them on a lead rope, and that's where we start. So they've got a rope attached to a halter clipped under their chin. That's a typical way uh, to work with horses. And you're standing beside the horse's head and you both step off to, 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 to walk forward together. You have to have very clear intent. You need to be looking where you're going and you have to have your energy set at a, at a pace that makes sense for walking and assumes that horse is coming along with you. Mm -hmm. Regularly, what people do in this situation, and this is just standard, this is, this is how we learn, 
you say, okay, let's walk. And then immediately the person turns to look at the horse, like you coming. But the way that horses work, when you stop and turn, that's a, that's applying pressure for them to stop. And so a lot of times they'll just sit and stare at you and like, aren't you coming? <laughs> what do you want me to do? And so there can be that. So we'd worked with this guy and he was getting the horses to walk with him, which was great. Mm -hmm. But this one particular horse kept leaning his head in and coming into his space. Mm -hmm. And the accountant just kept giggling. We're like, that's 1,200 pounds. Um, are you going to keep letting him in to come into your space? And the horse isn't trying to attack. They're, they're flight animals. They're not, they're not aggressive in the sense of, ooh, now's my chance. I'm moving in on you, moving in on you. They're just trying to figure out who's who's in charge and so this particular horse likes to check in a lot with that and and the thing that you would need to do is just put your hand up and they'll they'll even see the hand and be like oh okay it's mm. it's not it's not even a major response you have to give but it is a consistent response mm -hmm. but this horse keeps coming into a space and he keeps stepping out stepping out and he wasn't even able to realize that that horse was moving him and so that was where we started with him we had to keep letting him know, no, the horse is moving you. Oh, oh okay. Well, I just want to be a nice guy. Like, you can be a nice guy and, and have a, a clear set boundary. So, so that's one way that that works because a horse, um, a horse doesn't care what your degrees are, doesn't care what your income is, doesn't care your job title. Mm -hmm. It's just trying to figure out how to move along. And so there are other people in his life that have told him all of his life. Yeah, you're, you're passive aggressive, you're a pushover. And then all of a sudden you get mad and fight back. I'm like, well, the horse is showing you that at every step of the way. Mm -hmm. And so that gives you some permission to talk about things or actually gives people a chance to understand it in, in a new way. Here, here's, a, here's a good story. We've got um, one of our clients is in public transit. What a time to be managing public transit, isn't it? And so um, everything, this was early on in the pandemic and so what they were trying to do is figure out how to get public transit still running because so much of their clientele, um, a major part of their clientele in this particular county are people trying to get to dialysis. So you've got people with compromised immunity needing to get to medical care literally to save their lives. And everybody's trying to figure out what to do and everybody's hyped up and tense. And so we had a, um, we had a, a tarp on the ground and the horse, you know, a horse for brains is like, is that a black hole that I'm going to fall into to my death? I don't know what this is. And so the horse didn't want to get anywhere near it at all. And this is a client we've been working with for a long time. So she would be more advanced. And so we had her walk the horse around the arena, at the wide edges with the tarp in the middle. And he kept looking at it, looking at it, looking at it. And it took, um, it took 45 minutes for that horse to get to the place where he was comfortable enough to stand next to the tarp. He didn't even stand on it. That would have taken more progress. Mm -hmm. And so by virtue of this client, slowly, slowly, slowly getting the horse to take a step closer and she would pull on the, um, pull on the lead rope just till there was tension, not, not hauling on it, pull on it was tension. And as soon as the horse would take a breath and offer any relaxation, she would drop her pressure and stop the pulling like good 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 because every little incremental piece of of taking the pressure off of the horse for the progress is what's needed and so she had this realization of this is what leading public transit is right now like i'm i'm trying to talk people into at this point 
wearing masks. It was early on, like, okay, are we all going to wear a mask? Well, that really is freaking people out because you can't see faces. And that's uh, so she was realizing I need to go in small increments. And every time I see something that's helpful, I need to back off, not add more pressure. Just, just relax it. Hmm. It's fascinating stuff. Yeah, that is, that's very interesting. And I know that you mentioned pressure a couple of times and earlier mm-hmm. about, you know, a lot of CPAs sometimes take on the, that pressure that they're feeling and that stress yeah. from their clients. And, and, you know, in addition to the pressure and stress that they're already feeling because they want to do a good job and deliver for their clients. And I'm curious, how, how do you help them kind of refocus that energy? Because I imagine too, if if you're working with horses that they kind of, um, they pick up on any like stress or tension that you might yeah. have as well. Yeah, that's, that's really a great question. Um, and that's one of the best things the horses do. They do pick up on tension and a horse is able to differentiate um, kinds of tension and kinds of anxiety. Again, it's typical for people to be nervous when they're around a horse and we have some ways to bring that down. Mm-hmm. But every once in a while, you'll have somebody who comes out who is absolutely super freaked out about it, but mm-hmm. acting like they're not. No, it's no big deal. That horse wants nothing to do with that person because it's such an incongruent um, experience. The horse recognizes this as, oh, this isn't safe and this isn't good. Mm-hmm. And so um, we'll have them do exercises where we might have them move the horse. Uh, if you stand beside the horse and get the horse to move its shoulders away from you and then its hips, it, it can walk sideways away from you. And we had a client one time who was working with the horse that way. And she, every time she would apply pressure, the horse would just spin and turn and look at her. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't doing at all what she was trying to ask. Mm-hmm. And she just, ah. And after a while, she finally said, ah, this isn't working. And, and what she realized is she was feeling pressure. She goes, I know what the problem is. I'm applying frustrated pressure to him. And I thought that was interesting. Like, what do you mean frustrated pressure? Mm -hmm. And she says, I'm frustrated that he's not doing what I want. And I'm I'm frustrated that it says something about my inability. And so I am thinking more about me and my frustration level than having clear intent about getting him to do what we want. So as soon as she could name that and recognized it, all of a sudden it was moving. The other thing that we have clients do in between sessions, we talk a lot about uh, detox um, and especially for CPAs and accountants because the, their life and their work is so, um, the rhythm of it is different than the rest of us. It, it's a difficult job to go, okay, I'm going to do my 40 hours and that's enough it, during particular seasons. Mm-hmm. And so helping them figure out, well, how do you have rhythms of work where realistically, you are off the charts with what you're doing. Um, That's fine, actually, for some times. So how are you going to detox after that? What are you going to do? How do you work fewer hours in some weeks and more hours in others? Um, What are you going to do to actually stop thinking? So um, some of the things that we know in the, the neuroscience of how we work under stress is that you can literally become addicted to the hormone release of cortisol by staying driven, 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 driven. Mm. Um, 
So how do you work on coming off of that? Mm -hmm. um, and it's really hard for people, you know, you want to just say like, well, go take a vacation. And that's, that's part of it. But, but you've got all of this other stuff happening inside your brain where you, you have to detox from some of that stress level to even get to the place where you can settle down in mm -hmm. uh, a vacation mindset. So how do we help them develop habits um, daily, weekly, quarterly that, that build that kind of resilience? It sounds like, of course, like I'm assuming that most of the clients that you work with, when they come to you, they uh, make mistakes with their horses. You know, this is, again, assuming here that they're probably new to, to this type of work and this type of experience. I'm curious how that translates to, you mentioned the, like also that it's huge how the leaders are kind of um, reacting and um, experiencing the session when they come with, with their teams. How does, you know, allowing kind of that like grace and learning aspect and understanding that mistakes will happen um, translate to leaders who I think sometimes do feel like that they can never make mistakes and they can never be perfect. Do you find them kind of um, realizing that or, or noticing it more when they're working with you? That, yeah, I, I love that that question because it's the question we're all asking about ourselves all the time isn't it mm -hmm. um, am I enough am I doing it right um, uh oh I made a mistake or was it a mistake how do I know um, let me say first of all about people working with horses and being new at it and mistakes everybody working with horses all the time keeps on making mistakes that's what's fun about being with the horses is that we're always learning too. Mm -hmm. And that's the same thing in leadership and teams, isn't it? There's no such thing as a leader that's got it figured out. Um, so a really critical element for anybody in a leadership role is to figure out a way not to be by yourself. I mean, of course I'm gonna say, so have a coach, that really helps, and it does. But you also need a network of other people. I mean, leadership is a lonely spot because mm -hmm especially when it comes to leading a team. If you've got an issue with your team, you can't just Google like three steps to resolve this conflict. I mean, you can, but everybody knows that's not going to work. Right. Uh, you can't uh, say to somebody else in your on your team, like, did you notice that Larry is really on my nerves? Like, what are we going to do about that? It's not the same as, as finding software that addresses an issue. Um, and it is so layered because sometimes it's it's you and your involvement as the leader. There are interventions you can make. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's completely out of your hands. And we we can't always trust our own judgment in that. But we don't have very many structures set up in American work life to create the, the connectivity and the support that, that leaders actually need. And so leaders have to build that for themselves. Mm -hmm. And... I'm curious, does it ever work out that you feel like maybe there's a lead, like a very clear leader on the team, but then other people, when you're working with them, you kind of notice like, oh, these people clearly have, you know, leadership qualities as well. And I'd be curious as to like how the horses respond to that. <laughs> um, sometimes we, I do a better job when I have people out to work with the horses because the horses can show me what's going on mm. um, in some ways that, um, it would take me longer to, to get to. That, that's why when I think about team building, I always think about it from the leader's perspective first. So to have a group out that way, um, I feel like it's my job to then give the leader the feedback of what I saw. Like there's this, this, and this. 
uh, often people will get done working with us and will reorient their entire org chart. And because they have some clarity, one, about what people are, are doing, what they're capable of, but also about what they're trying to accomplish as a whole. Sometimes people come out as members of the team and recognize their, their contribution in a different way. And that, that helps them be more clear about that and less apologetic for it. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it, it's interesting. Mm -hmm. And what is the, what's some of the feedback that you've gotten from people after they've, they've been a part of these sessions? Like we mentioned, like, especially for people who are first time, some might be like, I don't, I have no idea how this was going to go. How is this going to teach me about, you know, leadership and, and being part of a team? What do they kind of have to say afterward? It's a lot of, wow, like, oh, I get it now. Mm -hmm. I mean, often people want to say, well, you know, the problem is communication. You know, that's the great answer to every problem, but communication is really a huge, you can, yes, yeah, so you can get a PhD on communication and <laughs> barely scratch the surface. Uh, we always start each of our team building days. We have everybody identify a goal or a, a concept that would make this worthwhile. And we introduce it with, you know what, you're out of your offices, you're not getting your work done, um, you're away from things that we think it's, it, it can be worthwhile. Mm -hmm. What would make it feel worthwhile to you? And they articulate, you know, whatever that is. Um, I want to get to know people better on my team. Um, I want to have more confidence in meetings. I want to um, understand, I, I want to be better at designing my strategic plan. Like whatever it is, each person clicks that off. Um, and then at the end of the day, we go back to that and say, well, how'd we do? Did mm -hmm. you, was it worthwhile? Did this thing happen? And uh, Jessica, I'm sorry, I won't have the exact number. It's over 90%, but I can't come up with the exact number off the top of my head. At the end are like, yep, that's what happened. I don't know how it happened. Man, that was really interesting. And then they'll tell some story about an interaction they had. Mm -hmm. And so they can't quantify it in ways that they're used to, but the experiential element uh, did, did the trick. Thank you to Celia for taking the time to share how accounting professionals can benefit from working with horses. And what do you think of the episode? You can let me know at jsalerno, J-S-A-L-E-R-N-O, at ohiocpa.com. And please rate and review us on whatever podcast app you're using. We love to hear your feedback. Thanks for listening.